Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. I'm Dan Wolchman, and you're listening to the podcast for driven people with clear goals who want to be their best selves. All this month, we've been talking about the idea of how to build a bigger vision. If you have the calendar of awesomeness and you know you're looking at how to build a bigger vision on the top of your page every morning, and you have... By the way, if you're not using the calendar of awesomeness, like it's just, it's just amazing. It's a, it's a PDF. It's, if you're wondering, where do I get this? You go to calendarofawesomeness.com and it'll redirect you places and put you right exactly where you need to be to grab that download. It's a free download, by the way, all that good stuff. Now, now it's just a PDF, by the way, you fill out each day and it directs your intention, directs your gratitude, helps you achieve one, three, or five amazing things, maybe all of them every day, and helps keep you focused, focused. How to have a bigger vision, how to build a bigger vision. This is not necessarily an, an, an easy, easy sort of chore, easy sort of task to do. I've been realizing this myself. If you don't mind, maybe I can share two stories with you. One being kind of the events of the last week. I think most of you know that in the last two years, I began to start winding down Waldschmidt Partners. And my purpose for that was that I was wanting to, to really learn about community. How do I build communities? How do I focus my attention on those communities? How do I, you know, just be around people who want to learn and grow and kind of be their best self? And, and a lot of what you're a part of now, if you're listening to this podcast, or if you're if you're someone who's been through 30 Days to Awesome or Course, or any one of the other programs from One Awesome Month or Radical Reboot, you've seen kind of the efforts of a group of people focused on trying to turn this crazy idea of community into into like everything you need to be awesome. About three months ago, so it was September. Um, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, uh, Jill, uh, and I started talking about random business and community and different things. We realized, oh my gosh, the stars have aligned. We should do something together. What happened was uh, in a process of, of, of a few months, we not only uh, built this company, but we went from one to three to five to six. And, and now almost, you know, I... I'm losing track, but probably around uh, a dozen employees, all helping clients do awesome things. Now you're wondering where does where does build a bigger vision come into this? My mission for this entity is to help our clients build a bigger vision. Now, sometimes that's easy because they have a big vision, but they don't have the process or tools to do it. But a lot of times, Building the bigger vision requires that they change their mindset. By the way, any part of our strategy, then you'll hear me, if, if you were ever a client, you would hear me preach this till the cows come home. Mindset, methods, magic. Mindset, methods, magic. Most of what you read on the internet is about methods. And so the whole idea of mindset adds this layer of 
not just doing things, but doing them with the right headspace for the right reasons. Make sense? Last week, I was uh, kind of working my butt off for a particular client. I get a phone call from the CEO and he says, hey, I want to talk to you about this and this and this. So we hop on this call and for about an hour, I get told what a giant piece of shit I am, literally in every possible way. And the conversation, of course, was, you know, in the back of my mind, intellectually, I know it's not about me, it's about them. I know in the back of my mind that, you know, hey, it's stress, it's not me. I know in the back of my mind, it's about them having power uh, and trying to, you know, maybe put me in my place. Intellectually, I know a lot of things. But emotionally, for the first time in my life, I understood what this idea of emotional abuse was. Uh, and I, by the way, I've spent my entire life up to this point working with really big clients who are demanding and aggressive. And I just never had somebody be so vicious and unfair at the exact same time. And again, again, in their mindset, they think it's perfectly legit to do that because they're the client. And, uh, well, at least they were, <laughs> and, uh, I'm the guy who's, you know, quote unquote, taking orders. And now a couple things. One, I was glad I got the call. I could shield it from the rest of the team. Here's what happened. And I think that CEO thought when he got off the phone, oh, I've motivated people. We've made progress for about the next day and a half. I was in a funk and I felt worthless. I felt depressed. I felt angry at myself. I felt a little bit lonely because I didn't want to share these thoughts with everyone else because I didn't want to make them feel down or negative. And for the first time, well, it was not the first time, but the first time in a long time, I, I just had this feeling of... I don't even know how to describe it. Maybe sadness. Now, by the way, for those of you who say, oh, sticks and stones, you know, words will never hurt you. Uh, well, number one, that's idiotic. Uh, words definitely do hurt people. And uh, if you don't, if you don't follow all the bullying and the increase in suicide rates, then you, you know, just kind of like go research that and then let's have an intelligent discussion about that. Okay. I called a spiritual mentor of mine. You'll know him often. I refer to him. Uh, in my podcast, name's Rajesh. She's very wise and has written a couple books that, that I'm going to share with all of you. One of them called Smart But Stuck. And I said, uh, what do I do? Because I know I'm robbing my family of the best me. I'm robbing my company of the best me. But my head is just in this really, really, really bad place. And he said to me, well, if that person doesn't occupy a lot of space in your brain, ordinarily, why would you let what they say occupy a big space in your brain. Mm, that may be logical, but it didn't pull me out of an emotional state. It didn't pull me out of an emotional state. About a day and a half later, I was meditating or trying to meditate. And as I sat in my chair and had my earbuds in and I'm listening to this music and it's just, mm, or whatever the sounds are. I mean, it's, it's there to kind of even out my, my headspace and get me thinking, hopefully clearly. 
the thought went through my head and it was like a lightning bolt. A lightning bolt. And it's the whole purpose of our discussion today. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. So where Rajesh and my other friends and wife and partner were all saying to me, just let it go, which is hard for me to let anything go. I mean, as an ultra runner, you don't let anything go, right? Where I couldn't let it go, I realized it wasn't about just letting it go, but it was about forgiveness, about forgiving that person. Let me tell you what I did. Since you're hearing this story, I might as well tell you the good parts, the embarrassing parts, everything in between. By the way, if you haven't, I just copied the process that Vishen Lakhiani does in his seven-stage meditation, where you, you imagine that person standing in front of you and you say, I forgive you. And you imagine them saying to you, I forgive you. And together, that forgiveness uh, is like a weight off your shoulders. Now, of course, it's got to be the right time. You've got to really want to be better. It's not like something you do to go through the motions. It's what you do because you have this desire within you to level up your game, level up your life, and everything in between. So let me tell you what I've learned from that, is that part of building a bigger vision isn't about dreaming wild dreams. It's about unburdening yourself from the things that hold you down, the things that blind you. And things like rage and jealousy and envy and, 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 and this weird competitiveness that we have about everything, that doesn't make you better. It doesn't make you bigger. It often just makes you bitter. It just makes you sad. It, it, it tears your soul apart instead of ultimately building you up into something that's magical. And the only way around it is forgiveness. You have to forgive others. Now, here's one of the hardest lessons I'm learning. And I'm not good at this. So I'm just going to put this out there so you guys can hold me accountable. And for those of you who feel what I feel, what I'm going to share with you in the next few minutes, maybe there's a way you can give me your help on how you've seen it work. The biggest part of this entire discussion is forgiving yourself. I realized in this entire process, I don't know that I'm good at forgiving myself. I don't even know that I like myself. I hear people saying, you have to love yourself. Forget about that. I don't even know if at times I even like myself. Now, the part that scares me is that I don't think I can be my best self and behave that way. I don't think I can be my best self and not at least like me, right? So this month, what's been brought to the forefront for me, and maybe it's something that's similar for you, is this idea of not just being bold and spontaneous and audacious and dreaming of things that are so much bigger than we've ever achieved before, but 
forgiving ourselves for the screw-ups, the mistakes, for the errors in judgment, for the times we knew we could be better but didn't, for the opportunities we should have taken but didn't, for the growth that we know we need but haven't pursued. That's not, that's not a story about grand vision. It's really a story about having a vision in the first place. It's hard to look up when you're so depressed, all you can do is look down at your feet. It's not about looking bigger. It's just about looking up at all. And I know I'm introverted. So maybe that's a slight handicap. Who knows? Some people think it is. I don't, I actually don't think it is, but it's not even about being introverted and thinking and where, you know, where you get your, your strength and your energy from inside or outside. It's really, it's really, 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 I think about this idea of taking the burden off your back. When I was younger, of course, most of you know, I grew up in a very religious family. One of the books I was reading as a young child was this parable called Pilgrim's Progress. And then the story, this young person called Christian on his way to, you know, his destiny or it's a parable, right? It's, a, it's about the afterlife and heaven and all that stuff. But he has these burdens that he's carrying and he can't see that he's carrying, but everyone else can see that he's carrying them and it impacts him and affects him. And our mission, our mission, our, our goal has to be between now and the end of the month, when we're done thinking about building a bigger vision, we've offloaded some of these burdens. We've offloaded some of these bad practices that we've begun to like ourselves. Maybe we're even thinking about falling in love with ourselves and that instead of eyes downcast, we have eyes that are looking straight ahead at all the possibilities, at all the options, at all the potential for greatness. That's, that's my mission for me. And if you are in the same position as me, where you want more and you know you need more, then let's do it together. Let's keep this conversation going so that instead of pretending like everything's okay, we can help each other be okay. Now, I promised you one more story. And even though what we're talking about is utterly serious, I wanted to take a moment and, and tell you one of the stories that I find so fascinating. They call it the shot. It was one of the greatest clutch plays from the greatest competitor to play the game of basketball. It was game five of the first round of the 1989 NBA playoffs. Michael Jordan shooting one of the most memorable buzzer beaters in the history of the NBA playoffs. With six seconds left in the game, a jumper by Jordan put the Bulls ahead of the Cavaliers, 99-98, for the first time the entire game. But the game wasn't over because Cleveland scored, making it 199, to take back the lead with 3.2 seconds left in the game. Everything was on the line. Jim Durham, 
was announcing the game, calling the game, he describes the shot this way. The inbound pass comes to Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. The shot on Greg Elo. Good. The Bulls win. They win. Superman was Superman. It was an awesome moment for a a player that most of us agree was the best basketball player ever. Perhaps the most fiercely competitive athlete ever. He was legendary for being fiercely competitive in practice, where he developed new skills to take his game to the next level. Run it back, he would tell his team. Run it back. Whenever they lost, he would say, run it back. Let's do it again until we win. He practiced like winning mattered, which is why he ended up winning so much. At the end of his Hall of Fame career, his list of accomplishments is shockingly unmatched. And for those of you who are not in sports, let me just tell you a few of them. He was a 14-time NBA All-Star, 14-time NBA All-Star, 11-time All-NBA selection, 10-time scoring champion, 6-time NBA champion, 7-time Sports News Most Valuable Player, 6 NBA Finals appearances, 6 NBA Finals Most Valuable Player, 5 NBA Most Valuable Player, three-time steals leader, three-times USA Basketball Male Athlete of the Year, three-time NBA All-Star Game MVP, two-time Olympic gold medal winner, two-time NBA Slam Dunk Contest Champion, and one-time, one-time, okay, get this, he was the NBA Defensive Player, (laughs) besides all the Slam Dunks, Defensive Player of the Year. He won, listen to me, because he was ready to win. He practiced as hard as he played. Every pass and play was a moment to compete and conquer and win. It was a mindset, an attitude, a commitment to doing whatever it takes for as long as it takes in order to win. And that, that's why I shared this story. It's a reminder to the rest of us that taking this shot doesn't really matter if you're not ready for it in the first place. Don't complain when you can't seem to get your lucky break. Maybe you're just wasting your moments for greatness. I tell you that story because it applies to this whole discussion around forgiveness. It's a mindset, but it's something that we have to practice. I think, here's my theory, the more I forgive, perhaps the easier it gets. And perhaps I can shorten the window between the time I take on the burden and the time I decide to let it go by forgiving. And maybe my shot isn't in the NBA Finals where it's game five of the first round of the playoffs and we win the game. Maybe that's not it, but maybe the game is bigger and it's this thing called life. And by letting go, I actually allow myself to level up.